0: It's time for our final monthly catch-up of 2016 with the National Federation of the Blind in the United States. Each month, we speak with Chris Danielson, their PR director, to look at some of the big stories in the States that uh, affect blind and partially sighted people. Two more topics to uh, discuss today. And, Chris, we're starting off, first of all, with uh, some news on a company, a global taxi ride company?
1: That's correct. A lot of people... People have heard of Uber, which is they don't describe themselves as a taxi service, but that's essentially what they are. They are all over the world. Basically, they provide rides to people through an app. You can order a ride through their app and it will take you where you want to go. And the, the interesting thing about their model is that they essentially... Anybody can be an Uber driver as long as they are able to pass the Uber's background checks and what have you and use their own vehicles. So rather than having particular taxi cabs that are specifically licensed by a city or a state or what have you, you have people using their own cars. Originally, you know, the idea was something called ride sharing. These are sometimes called ride sharing companies, and the idea was that a car would pick you up if it happened to be going your way and you would pay for it. Of course, now people are actually making a living doing this with Uber and other companies that are similar. But Uber is one of the big providers and Uber is really great for blind people. But one of the things that was happening and is happening still occasionally is that Uber drivers were refusing to transport blind people with guide dogs. And this was a problem that we, in the National Federation of the Blind, obviously were very concerned about in the United States. And so we actually filed a lawsuit against Uber.
0: We do have similar stories in the UK, Chris, of taxi and minicam companies refusing to take uh, assistance dogs like like guide dogs and so on. Uh, although Uber has said you know it is policy for them to do this, but you've had to go down a legal road. and And what was the
1: result of that? Well, the result was that we did reach a settlement with Uber. And while Uber has claimed that it has been and is its policy that service animals are to be allowed in Uber vehicles. They're now going to do some things to really amplify and enforce that policy under this settlement, which was just approved by our federal courts here in the United States on December 1st. And the upshot of the settlement is that Uber is going to make sure that it's part of all of their driver education that they must accept service animals, that they don't have an option about that, and that if they violate the policy, if a driver violates the policy, then Uber can actually refuse to permit him or her to continue to drive for Uber and you know put some other things in place also to make sure that there is enforcement when a blind person complains that they have been or may have been denied an uber ride based on having a guide dog you know there's obviously some investigation that has to go on you know a driver may cancel on a blind person for reasons that have nothing to do with the guide dog and have to do with some other problem that the driver has or not being able to get to them or whatever. And so it's it's not going to be the case that every cancellation results in a consequences for the Uber driver. But when Uber does determine that a violation has taken place, it will have policies in place to discipline the driver. Now, it's important to know that this settlement has just been approved, and so Uber will be in the process of implementing this settlement, which applies to the United States, but which, you know, really should affect things worldwide. There may be other regimes in in other places, but hopefully it's something that can be applied across the board. And Uber, of course, is going to be ramping up to this and putting these policies in place. So we're unable to guarantee at this time that nobody will ever experience this again, particularly in the near future. But we are able to say that Uber will have policies in place that give riders a remedy if and when this does happen, and make very clear to drivers that they really, under U.S. law, really do not have any wiggle room on this. So, you know, because that's really been the issue. Some of the drivers have felt, well, this is my personal car. I don't have to take an animal in it if I don't want to. And Uber is making very clear now, no, if you're going to drive for us, if you're going to accept members of the general public to ride in your vehicle then that includes members of the general public who use guide dogs
0: some great news there chris absolutely and uh we absolutely hope also that this will spread uh, around the globe as well over being a global company of course our final topic chris we're uh, we're talking about art and getting our hands on some art
1: Absolutely, Alan. I I see what you did there. That was very clever. So the National Federation of the Blind was recently proud to host a symposium on tactile art. This would be sculpture. This would be maybe doing things where you use tactile pieces as part of a collage or what have you. It could be 3D graphics, 3D drawings. And we were able to host this symposium and invite the general public to come see art that blind people are able to create. And one of the people who exhibited is actually a quite famous sculptor, a blind Native American sculptor from New Mexico named Michael Naranjo, who actually has works exhibited all over New Mexico, I think including in one of the national parks there, and it has actually become quite well known for his sculptures as a blind person. And we had, other artists here, in addition to a lady named Ann Cunningham who has done terrific work in teaching blind students how to create art and how they can really participate in the art world. So we're really thrilled to do this, and we're hoping to do more at events like it. And of course, I, I've talked in the past on the program about our STEM program, the, our science, technology, engineering, and math programs that are designed to enhance those fields of education and careers for blind people. And so we called this symposium Putting More STEAM in STEM because we're making art part of this now, so science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics. So we hope to really ramp up participation in the art world by blind people and really show the public what blind people are capable of in terms of creating art that everybody can enjoy.
0: A great couple of topics to end there with Chris. Uh, So we had uh, a legal challenge with a successful end and we even had some art for our final uh, catch up of 2016. In the meantime though Chris if people would like to learn more about the NFB or get involved somehow find out a bit more about the services how can they do that?
1: Well, the easiest way is to go to our website, www.nfb.org. And now we've got a lot of ways to keep in touch with us right on the front page of our website. But if you wanna cut right to the chase and get some of our other ways of keeping in touch, you can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at NFB underscore voice. You can like the National Federation of the Blind on Facebook. Uh, We have a YouTube channel called Nations Blind. We have a podcast called the Nations Blind Podcast. And we have good old email. If you have questions about anything that we're doing or want to know more, you can always just send an email to nfb at nfb.org.
0: Chris, that's it for this year. We will be back with you again in January for our monthly catch-ups. But in the meantime, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and thank you for joining us every month here on RNIB Connect Radio.
1: It is and has been a pleasure, and I look forward to talking to you again next year. And Merry Christmas.
0: For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.